You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Party people, welcome back to another episode of Clapback Culture. I'm your host, Jules Jesse, and I'm missing Omari, you guys, but he will be back next week for sure. Uh, but listen, I'm so glad you guys wanted to spend your Thursday night with me. Um, I have a lot of hot topics that I want to talk to you about. So listen, it, it, a lot happened this week, you guys. I mean, we, we have this huge hurricane going on. And um, in Florida, I mean, there's just so much to talk about. So without further ado, I will not belabor the point. We might as well jump right on into it. First things first, you guys, um, I want to talk about the hurricane um, because that is just such big news. I don't want to breeze past that, but it is making headlines and it's all over social media. You guys, I don't know how. Uh, Floridians are just like riding out this storm. Um, so anyway, you guys, here is the, re- well, first we have a clip about what is going on out there. Ian, re- you know, Hurricane Ian regained its strength, you guys. They said today at around five o'clock um, and that it's packing 75 mile an hour winds and that it's heading towards South Carolina um, according to the National Weather Service. And they are calling this a life threatening flooding, um, storm surge, and strong winds. Um, It's in the forecast to make landfall um, in Charleston midday tomorrow. So we're going to keep those folks in our prayer. In the meantime, we do have a clip about what has been happening. Um, If you haven't, in case you missed it, I don't know how you have, but let's go ahead and run that good footage and we'll come back and talk about it. It is as bad as the experts feared. Hurricane Ian has made landfall in Florida, and the experts say if you had plans to leave and haven't, stay where you are. The storm has intensified to a near Category 5 status, wreaking havoc on everything in its path. It's hell on earth as Hurricane Ian slams into Florida. 155 miles per hour winds, 18 foot waves, epic destruction. Take a look at the cars now. They're all bunched into each other over there. The wind continues to ramp up. But we're going to get smashed here. There are down trees literally everywhere all over this area. This is what Ian looks like from space, a swirling monster. Those flashes, lightning. I can't hear anything and I can't see anything. Here is where the water comes up to three feet. Check out the Weather Channel's gripping 3D simulation of what a nine-foot storm surge looks like. Nine feet that can completely submerge some buildings, homes, businesses. This, in many cases, is not survival. Look at the wind howling through here. Their reporters were in the thick of it, wearing baseball helmets for protection against projectiles. I just got knocked on my butt. You can hardly see anything out here. Jim Cantori had some close calls. First, he almost got struck by lightning. Then he got hit with a tree branch. There are cars floating. Tony and Emily Massey are riding out the storm in their high-rise in Naples. They lost power as the city flooded. This is where the pool was. The pool is underwater. The pool's gone. 
Much of Florida is hunkered down today. The state's famous amusement parks, Disney, Universal, Legoland, and SeaWorld all closed as the state gets absolutely hammered. Well, you guys, this is not um, something to be played around with. 155 mile an hour winds. I don't know how you can think that, okay, a category five, four storm is going to come somewhere. I read in a report that it was only two miles um, below what would be considered a category five storm. And you're willing to just ride out the wave. I mean, for me, I would be all the way up the coast, okay? I'd be on the first thing smoking, getting up out of here. So Governor Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, called, you know, this historic damage to the state. Um, President Biden has approved a major disaster declaration for Florida amid the National Hurricane Center and described this as uh, catastrophic flooding, as we've seen in those videos. I mean, all over social media, I mean, I've seen one clip where there's a guy like swimming in his garage. Um, I saw another clip on social media where a woman is in her living room in a floatable like uh, pool like situation and she's chilling in there. Um, so many millions of people are out of power. Um, and lots of people are also reporting that because of the loss of power, they also don't have internet. And so they're not able to connect with their family, um, either through social media to kind of let them know that they are okay. So this right here, you guys, um, we're probably going to see the death toll rise, um, and we're just going to keep our, our hearts and minds on on the people of Florida and pray for them, you know, and listen, storms like this have not happened in hundreds of years. Right. This is the first one of its kind of this magnitude in hundreds of years to even hit our country. And so this is a big deal. I mean, Ian has battered parts of Florida um, you know, on the western coast, tearing down trees, power lines, flooding, everything. Um, and so this is going to be millions of dollars worth of damages, hundreds of people um, dead. And it's this is just not a, not a good thing. So. Let's keep everybody lifted over there and, you know, and stay vigilant. And listen, if you have a chance to evacuate before a major storm, please take the time to do so because you are more valuable than your precious items that can always be replaced. All right, guys. So I saw this weird story on social media and I said, child, I got to bring it to my Clapback family. Have you guys heard that there is a woman from Montana bragging about killing a wolf pup, pup, excuse me, that actually turned out to be a husky. Ciao. I couldn't make this up if I wanted to. So this is the Montana woman. She's 36 years old and she is literally defending shooting and skinning this Siberian Husky that she mistook for a wolf, saying that she would do it again because the animal came at her aggressively and was growling and coming after her. Well, before all of that happened, she posted this uh, post on Facebook where she's just reaming about it. And she's like, I finally got this wolf pug. Put it up there real quick, uh, Cuddy. I want to see what uh, she actually said in her Facebook post. There it is. 
Um, her name is Amber Rose, not to be mistaken with Wiz Khalifa's ex-wife. Uh, and, but she says, so this morning I set out for a solo predator hunt for a fall black bear. However, I got the opportunity to take another predator wolf pup 2022 was a great feeling to text my man and say, I just smoked a wolf pup. Hashtag first wolf. Hashtag one less predator MT. Oh, Amber, 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 Amber. Let's let's just how do we even unravel this, you guys? She killed a dog that she thought was a wolf pup. So let's just start with why are you killing wolf pups? Like it wasn't that you thought it was like this grown predator wolf. And I also don't understand how hunters feel that they're going to go into an animal environment and then go kill predators. So you're the pre I mean, you're the predator. The hunter is the predator. So whether you were going in there to kill a black bear or to kill a wolf or wolf pup, why are you not seeing yourself as a predator? Um, so social media is outraged. They are the ones who said, listen, sis, that's not a wolf. That is a Siberian Husky. You killed somebody's dog. Um, and then she kind of came back and was like, well, I'm going to stand. You know, she doubled down on her comments and said, well, this dog was coming after me. You know, it was it was a you know aggressive animal. It was howling, it was growling, and it was coming after me. And if I if I could do it again in that situation, I would shoot it again. So after she was informed that she's, I mean, and not only this, you guys, like she not only killed the dog, but she skinned it. So it's giving like, what are you gonna? I don't. It's just so crazy on so many parts. I mean, listen, good old. Amber Rose, if this had have been somebody black, and I'm sorry, I'm just going to say it. It Well, I'll say that if this was somebody black, there'd be a full-blown investigation. On, okay. Like they'd be trying to figure out who the dog owner was, et cetera, et cetera. Um, all this. Um, but listen, so what happened is police confirmed that the dog was among 12 Husky Siberian Shepherd mixed dogs that had been dumped in the woods. So somebody had these dogs and just dumped them off into the woods. And so I guess they have, you know, they somehow survived and now they're living, I don't know, maybe living like wolves or something like that. Um, they recovered many of them, according to the statement. Um, and they, they tested par positive for Parvo, um, a deadly virus that spreads among dogs. So I'm actually, if they have Parvo, I'm surprised they even survived that um that even that pup stage so i don't know this is crazy um it, it, it's just so crazy uh killing wolf pups i mean is that what people are doing right now you're we're just out here killing wolf pups i mean you literally started your day to go do a solo hunt to kill a black bear and then you mistakenly killed and skinned a dog and then you doubled down on your comments because social media came at you and said that that was not the right thing to do. Okay. All right. Well, look, let's take a quick break. Um, but when we come back, I really cannot wait to talk to you guys about a few updates 
Of course, I got to put Bishop Lamar Whitehead back on the docket. We got some new updates um, about his alleged robbery. Stay tuned. You're watching Clapback Culture. All right, y'all. Welcome back. I don't know about you, but I'm always jamming uh, to our commercials during the commercial break. I love that song. All right. Without further ado, ciao. Updates on the infamous Bishop Lamar Whitehead, you guys. It's given. How are you back in the news already, baby? But this is, I guess, maybe some good news and also some questionable news. Uh, so it's been more than two months since the three men that robbed Bishop Whitehead um, and his wife during a live stream inside their Brooklyn church. Um, but despite all of the controversies around that robbery and then last weeks of him choking a parishioner who was attending the church, authorities have announced that they made some arrests in the robbery. I don't know how that happens, but um, if you guys remember, he was held at gunpoint during the live stream back in July um, while he was on stage and everyone had things to say about why he had a million dollars worth of jewelry, not only on his, you know, outside of his, um, his garb, but also within his collar. So he had a million dollars worth of jewelry, you guys. On Wednesday of this week, the police announced that they that they arrested two 23-year-old males, Jawan Anderson and Saquon Pollock, on fe federal robbery conspiracy and firearm charges. There's still one man because there was three um, individuals that came in there into the church to rob, rob him during that time. Um, so one man is still at large. Bishop Whitehead told reporters that he's relieved. OK, um, he's relieved that police have made an arrest and he's looking forward to moving on with his life. Bishop Lamar Whitehead. I'm still raising my eyebrow at this because how did police just find these guys? I mean, I wish there was more information to this to say, like, they tried to sell the jewelry at a pawn shop and they connected it to these two individuals that they arrested X, Y, and Z, because I agree with Harry Jefferson. How the heck did they find the assailants for a robbery from months ago? Man, stop it. it. It's just not, it just doesn't happen like that from when you're in the hood. I mean, his church is in the smack dab in the middle of Brooklyn. They were totally masked up. I'm sure the car was stolen. So I'm just not sure how they track, they put it all together. So I would be interested in seeing how the police investigated this and put it all together. Darrell, you're right. He is friends with the mayor. So did they just have somebody cop to this and say, listen, we picked you up for this, but cop to this. So then we can just get Bishop Whitehead painted in a better light. I don't, I don't know. I don't want to bring conspiracy theories to you guys, but I, ju I just don't feel like this is giving real. You know what I'm saying? I, I just, I don't get it. I don't feel that way. Um, but that's what happened. All right. So let's see if he keeps that same energy that he did with the woman who came into a church that he choked out. Let's see if he keeps that same energy with these 23-year-old males who allegedly robbed him at gunpoint. All right, Bishop Lamar Whitehead, let's just hope this is the last time we're going to talk about you on this show, okay? Um, some unfortunate news to report about, you guys. Coolio 
has passed away, you guys. The longtime rapper that achieved enormous success back in, in the 90s for his Gangster Paradise song. You guys, he died yesterday night or yesterday afternoon. Um, he was at a friend's house. Um, and according to a few reports is that he went, he went to go use the bathroom. His friends felt like he was in there for too long. They started knocking on the door and they found him unresponsive. They called 911. Um, according to CNN, they reported that Captain Eric Scott of the LA fire department confirmed that firefighters and paramedics responded to a call at 4 PM, um, in on the 2900 block of South Chesapeake Avenue. And when they arrived that there was a male there unresponsive and report and reportedly they provided resuscitation efforts for approximately 45 minutes. Um, it was he was determined dead at the scene around 5 p.m. So there was an autopsy done. Um, Coolio has you know, still needs to go undergo another probably like toxicology, toxicology report, excuse me. But according to the reports, there is no foul play. Um, he didn't have any drugs or alcohol in his system. So this could just be a case of cardiac arrest. You guys, we just don't know. But damn, Coolio, we gonna miss you, bruh. 59 years old is too young. Um what a good guy, you know, just what a good guy overall. People had so many great things to say about him. Um, his talent manager said, we are saddened by the loss of our dear friend and client. He touched the world with the gift of his talent and will be missed profoundly. Thank you to everyone worldwide who has listened to his music and to everyone who has been reaching out regarding his passing. Please have Coolio's loved ones in your thoughts and prayers. And we absolutely do um, more love, more light going up to Julio's family. Thank you for your contributions as a musician and as a human being on this earth. I know that everybody is going to miss you. And I'm, I'm looking forward to having like really good memorialization around Julio. So let's make sure we get that in the books. All right. Huh. More musical updates, you guys. I do have an update on PNB Rock. There have been two, there have been three arrests in the murder of PNB Rock, you guys. So as you may remember, um, PNB Rock was approached by a seven, allegedly a 17-year-old shooter while he was dining, having lunch with his girlfriend at Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles um, on Westchester, Manchester Avenue. So the pieces are all being put together. Um, more details have been coming out. And police, the LA police have picked up a father, a son, and a stepmother all wrapped into this murder. You guys, I can't make this up. So a father and his teenage son have been charged in the murder of the fatal shooting and robbery of, you know, of um, PNB Rock. So here's what happened. The father allegedly sends the 17-year-old son in there to rob PNB Rock. It's also being alleged in, mo in, in a lot of reports that I've seen that they were already there in the parking lot. And I'll get to that in, the, in a minute. 
But the father, who is 40-year-old Freddie Lee Trone, was charged with one count of murder and conspiracy to commit robbery and two counts of second-degree murder. His son was um, is not being publicly publicly named because he is a minor and he's going to be charged in juvenile court. Um, here's the caveat, though. Chantel Trone, the wife of Freddie Trone, is also being charged in connection to the murder um, with one count of accessory after the fact. So, y'all, let's let's play the video. We have a quick news clip that we'll play that explains it all, but we'll come back and we'll talk about it because I wanna talk about how social media needs to now apologize to PNB Rock's girlfriend. So let's take a look. Good morning, everyone. Detectives and an arrest team have been working around the clock to find Freddie Lee Trone, who they say knows he's a wanted man and is doing his best to evade them. Take a look at the suspect. Trone, no stranger to law enforcement, and today he's wanted again, this time in connection with the murder of rapper PNB Rock. On Tuesday, Trone's 17-year-old son was arrested, and the teenager is believed to be the person who both robbed the rapper and his girlfriend and then shot the artist dead. Trone's wife, 32-year-old Chantel Trone, was also arrested on Tuesday as an accessory to murder. Although police have not said what role they believe she played in all of this, B&B Rock, whose real name is Rakeem Allen, had been eating at Roscoe's in South Los Angeles on September 12th with his girlfriend when police say the teenager walked in and pointed a gun at them. Words were exchanged and the suspect shot the rapper dead, but not before robbing him and his girlfriend. And Fox 11 has learned that the teenager, his name is not being released because he's a minor, was out of jail himself, either on parole or probation, and was reportedly wearing an ankle monitor, restricting him to being at home only unless an outing was approved. The ankle monitor apparently was not being monitored at the time of the shooting. As for that now infamous and deleted Instagram post by PNB Rock's girlfriend, the mother of one of his children, police aren't ruling out it may have played a role in the robbery. They're also not ruling out that someone may have tipped Trone and his son that off that the rapper was at Roscoe's wearing expensive jewelry. They don't believe the Trones were already there at Roscoe's or the mini mall before the rapper arrived, though. Bringing it back here live later today, charges are expected to be filed against Chantel Trone and her stepson, the 17-year-old, although the minor's records will be sealed unless, and this is a possibility, prosecutors decide to charge him as an adult. If you know where Freddie Lee Trone is, police ask you call 911. Don't approach him. They think he's armed and dangerous. So the quick update from this report, you guys, is that Freddie Tron actually has been found. Um, so he's no longer at large. And there are several conflicting reports, one of which is that they are not certain that the geotagged photo from PNB Rock's girlfriend is the reason why Freddie and his son were there or showed up to rob PNB Rob. Now, one thing I can tell you about the hood mentality, you guys, is that they are likely not monitoring the girlfriend's social media account to see where the boyfriend is going to be. Okay. It ain't, it, that is not happening in this case. What I can tell you is more likely 
is that somebody in the restaurant or people around in the shopping center said, oh, did you hear that PNB Rock is over at, uh, you know, Roscoe's? Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles is a famous place. They know that celebrities and well-known individuals are going to go there, are going to frequent that franchise because they want to taste the food when they come to LA. It's a tourist attraction. And it's a, and this is the original one, right? So it's smack dab in the hood. So you have a mixture, this combination of individuals that are out there. And of course, there's just some individuals that are really shady. So here's how I feel about this. The internet went crazy and went smack at, 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 and, and really plummeled on the allegations on PNB Rock's girlfriend who sat through and watched her man, her child's father, be viciously murdered in front of her and robbed after being shot. And then you got you think you think she set him up for what? Why? Why? Why would she set him up? Do you like even if she had made the mistake and tagged her photo without it? And that was the reason social media still absolutely owes her an apology. But it is being reported that the L.A. Police Department is also saying that they're not sure that the crime is linked to social media. They're actually saying it's rare. It's actually more rare that crimes are committed because of a geotag photo as opposed to word of mouth, you guys. Um, so I see here in some of the comments, uh, Harry Jefferson saying, not his girl. This was stupid and tragic for sure. Um, absolutely. Another thing is Darnell, he says he should be charged as an adult. Not only is he 17. So here's how I feel about this, Darnell. And let me know what you think about this. He's 17 years old. He's on an ankle monitor and he has to submit an itinerary before he can even have any movement. He's also not being constantly monitored on this ankle monitor. So it's probably quite easy to track him down to say where his monitor was during the time of the shooting. However, he's in company with his 40 year old father. This is a child who clearly is not being raised well. And so while I can understand that you that we may want to charge him as a as an adult, I have to think about the whole person. How if he is just 17 years old, what has happened to this child? to even get him to this point. He's already on a monitor. So he's already spent time in, in, in prison or jail. And then now he's on restricted movement um, in order to kind of get his freedom back. But then imagine getting in the car with your dad who's telling you to go in there and rob PNB Rock with a loaded firearm and keep it moving. There, This is not the first instance of criminal activity. This, this child has been raised in an environment where this is what he has been taught to do. He never had a chance. He never had a chance. What, what else does he know? If your, if your parent, your mother or your father, that is what they're teaching you, I think of all the people involved in this situation, 
even though the dad was a getaway driver, the dad to me is more of the person who pulled the trigger because you sent your teenage son in there to commit this crime. Um, and that to me is gross negligence right there. Um, and I think we need to have a conversation about that. And I, it is my hope that the, the judge, the prosecutors in this case, have an opportunity to look at that because it's also saying that Freddie Trone, the father, is is no uh, is no stranger to law enforcement officials, right? So he clearly has a rap sheet. But this seventeen year old child never had a fighting chance. And I'm not saying that he doesn't know right from wrong. What I'm saying is that he is also a victim in this case, in, in to some respect. All right. What do you guys think about that? I mean, based on what I just said, would you agree? Do you disagree? Do you have any thoughts or comments about that? So let me let me know how you feel. Um, so like I said, they have all three individuals have been charged. They haven't really come out to say what the wife actually did. Um, and so I will bring back more information as I learn more. Um, all right, you guys, let's take a quick break. But when we come back, I want to lay it all out um, on the Boston Celtics. They went ahead and fired their head coach over a consensual relationship with a staffer. I want to talk to you about why I feel like this is just hella stupid. Stay tuned. If you're watching Clapback Culture. All right, y'all. Welcome back. Okay. So... If you guys are a sports fan, you may have heard about this, or if you have just been on social media, you probably heard about this too. So this is the Celtics, the Boston Celtics have suspended. I said fired, but they actually suspended their head coach, uh, Ime Udoka, for a year, the entire NBA season, um, for having a consensual relationship with a staffer. So this is... A this is a case of <laughs> I, I don't even I don't even know. This is an HR problem to me. This is a situation where things are frowned upon. And and I don't know about you guys, but I have seen so many workplace relationships throughout my career um, of people having relationships. And yeah, I mean, it's a policy and for the most part, people just say it's frowned upon because after you get in a relationship and if you break up, it can be a little bit volatile. So my criticism here is why the hell did the Celtics decide to make this public? And why the hell are they tying down Ime Udoka to a year long suspension indefinitely, right? So it's like, not only do you get this year long suspension, but it's like, we're going to suspend you for a year. And then after a year, we're going to come back and figure out what we really want to do with you. So he's just hanging in limbo. He can't do anything. He's still employed by the Celtics. It's it's quite possible that he's going to get a salary um, during the time that he is on suspension. But he's just not going to be their head coach. Um, and let's just keep in mind, sports fans, like this is the same guy who last year took his team to the championships. So while we should be having a conversation about what the Celtics are going to do, you know, 
following it, their training camp and going into the season and how they're going to really be champions again. The Celtics decide to hold press conference after press conference about Ume Adoka sleeping with a staffer. Why? I just don't understand how that benefits them. So there has been so much talk. And of course, your boy, Stephen A. Smith. Um, and you guys all know Stephen A. Smith. Uh, he is one of the hosts on ESPN's. I think his show is called First Take, um, if I'm not mistaken. He's on First Take. Um, I have a clip that I want to share with you. It's a bit long, but I want to share it with you because when I listened to it, I said, thank God for Stephen A. Smith, because he is saying everything that I was thinking post-watching that uh, the, the, the Celtics president, Brad Stevens, and the owner come on and talk about why they're suspending Udoka. So let's play that clip and then we'll come back and then I'll lay even more all about it. Our Malika Andrews released a statement from Udoka saying, quote, I want to apologize to our players, fans, the entire Celtics organization, and my family for letting them down. I'm sorry for putting the team in this difficult situation and I accept the team's decision out of respect for everyone involved. I will have no further comment. Jay Williams joining us right now. Jay, thank you so much for being with us. I'll start with you, Stephen A. Do you have a problem with Udoka suspension? Yes, I do. I have a huge problem with it. Um, Let me be very, very clear. Ime Udoka was irresponsible. It was selfish. It was thoughtless for him to put himself in this position. And I get that part. Gary Washburn's column in the Boston Globe, he was right on point with what he said about Ime Udoka. We get all of that. I have a bigger issue with the Boston Celtics. And there is a press conference coming up at 11 o'clock, and we will be carrying that live. And I can't wait, Jay, Mm. to see what they have to say as it pertains to allowing this to be publicized. Now, you played in the NBA. You've covered the NBA. I've been covering for professional sports for 30 years. Molly, Hmm. Jay, let me tell you something. Every single sport, there's people messing around with each other within an organization. It happens all the time. We're the reports about those. I know three people that were fired last year in the NBA. I know I know several people that have lost their jobs in the National Football League and other places over the last few years. We have never had a conversation about a consensual relationship that's become publicized. Why email Udoka? Nobody's talking about that. But I want the Boston Celtics to explain that because Sham and our very own Adrian Wojnarowski publicized this a couple of days ago and no shade on them. They did their damn job and did it well, by the way. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is, is that this is stuff that happens. The fact that it's been publicized is a problem for me. It's an HR issue for me. Now, if you email Yudoka, you ain't going there. Because if you tried to sue or anything like that, you'll never get another job in the NBA again. Let's call it what it is, okay? Mm-hmm. We understand the situation that he's in. And according to my sources, and Newards and Woj can confirm this better than me, he was given a choice. Fired, resign, or, or, or take the, extent, or take the uh, suspension. My point is this, and I said this yesterday, Jack. Fire him or keep him. One or the other. Why would you keep him? but suspend him 
allow it to get leaked out what transpired. And so now there's a whole bunch of victims here. And by the way, let's also understand this female victims here. There was some woman mm-hmm. that was that people, all over social media and beyond. People were saying it was her. It wasn't even her. Okay, she was put on front street. You got people and and a wonderful young lady who's doing a great job in Boston. Amina Smith spoke out against this publicly on television yesterday in Boston when she was saying, you don't know the facts. We don't know what's going on. And people's names just being thrown out in the public because people are speculating as to who he was. Excuse me. That didn't happen in a variety of places that I won't name with people who were. Y'all. I wanted to give you the entire six minutes of Stephen A. Smith going smack after Molly asked him that question. But listen, this encapsulates exactly what the hell everybody else is thinking. First and foremost, Udoka is hella wrong for getting caught up in this mess. All right. You didn't cheat it on Nia Long. Okay, your fiance of about 10 years, they have a son together. And okay, you're 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 messing around on the job. Okay. There is consequences to your actions. So I'm not saying that he's not wrong for this. And allegedly he was having an affair with a married woman. But pause, I'm gonna get to that because I just wanna talk about the Celtics and why they're making the decision to publicize this. So I'm watching ESPN. This comes on the whole 45 minute press conference. All I keep asking Rodney is why are, why, why are the Celtics making this public? We don't have to know if the Celtics made the decision to reprimand Udoka, their head coach that took him to the championship last year, who is going to make their team money? I, I don't give it. I don't give a damn who Udoka's sleeping with. Do you? I don't care. I'm not in a relationship with him. It does. It doesn't bother me one bit. We're talking about a consensual relationship. This is not in. This is not a, a gross act of sexual harassment. This is not domestic violence. This is not him being a predator. This is him having a a, 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 a relationship outside of his current relationship. So his personal business has now been mixed into his professional business. But we as the public don't need to know. And so here's my issue with the Celtics. If they had made the decision to be transparent, They failed um, because they came out and then they left so much room for interpretation for people uh, like bloggers and social media to say, well, who's this woman? And then you have all these female activists like uh, what's her what's her name on um, ESPN? Her name is Malika Andrews. And you have somebody like her. She's the ESPN host um, for today or the NBA today. And she comes on and she's mad about Stephen A's comments on this. And she feels like, well, why is he even asking about who the women are? Why is social media dragging in the women? We should not be asking who the woman is. Well, why not? Because if they're both in the organization and Udoka 
is being publicly tried in front of all of us, then why shouldn't the woman be also further reprimanded in the public? What the Celtics should have done is quietly put this up and say, hey, listen, Ume Doka has, you know, violated one of our policies. And because of that, he is no longer going to be the head coach for the season of 2022 to 2023. And we are not going to elaborate any more on this investigation. And the new coach is going to be, you know, the assistant coach, blah, 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 who's going to take his space. But that's not what she wanted to do. You drug this man's personal business out there whose relationship, whose relationship he's in is with a famous actress that we know to discredit him, to hurt him. And then this whole freaking year long suspension to me is just outrageous. He violated an organizational rule, rule. That's it. They could have said, okay, you violated this rule, sign this NDA, let's not talk about it and we're gonna move on how we move on. In his first year as head coach, he took the Celtics to the finals. Stephen A. Smith said it himself. He said after this season, he would have been in, in a position to have his salary tripled. Mm -hmm. So that's not going to happen. So now he has to sit there when he deserves to earn more to earn less. They're not even going to pay him the salary that he has now because he ain't doing nothing. So now it's 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 a whole business transaction. And guess who can't say not a damn thing? Udoka. He can't say nothing because he is bound by whatever the Celtics want to say, he's at their mercy. If I were Doka, I don't know what I would do because if you take your resignation, who's going to hire you? What other franchise is going to hire you? So you stay at the mercy of the Celtics who clearly just have not made a definitive decision about what they want to do with you. Vote for humanity says exactly what I'm thinking. It's more to it. If there's more to it, I agree. But what is the more? Because now we as individual consumers of this story are looking at this like, well, what is it? What is it? So here, here's what I think it is. So there's conflicting reports, you guys, that Udoka allegedly cheated on Nia Long with the Boston Celtics team staff member, Kathleen Nemo Lynch, who's married to the to a senior executive in finance. Child, this makes more sense. It's more messy. This can't be a regular staffer, okay? If this was a single girl staffer, who was married to a plumber or a doctor or whoever, somebody outside of the organization, this wouldn't be a big deal. This feels to me like some internal drama. It feels to me that Udoka was sleeping around with somebody else's girl and now somebody's embarrassed. And then there, this is why it's being publicly dragged out in this manner. This feels like cruel and unusual punishment. That's what this feels like. This feels like a woman scorn, a man scorn, honey. This is what that's what this is what it looks like. This is messy for the Celtics. Like this is not 
you know, the owner was saying, you know, I hope this is just giving us the opportunity to clean house and clean slate. I don't know how this is a blemish, an unnecessary one at that. You can clean house and have a fresh start, <clears throat> excuse me, without the public, without being in the public eye. We don't need your transparency. We don't give a damn who's sleeping with who. Okay. It, this is such a normal thing, you guys. It's such a normal thing to have relationships within an organization. You go to work every day. People always fall in love with the people that they work with. They date people that they work with. I'm not saying that they should have done that. I'm saying it happens. This happens. This is a normal thing, which is why there's a policy against it. Okay. Cause it's that normal that because there's a policy. So here's the, here's the allegation, right? And I'm going to roll with this theory because I feel like it makes sense. You guys, they're saying, and I'm going to pull it up really quick. Give me a second. Reports are saying that he allegedly cheated with this Celtics senior VP or finance executive. It hasn't been confirmed, but that they got caught up on a ring camera and they heard the conversation about their relationship. I'm telling you guys. This, this feels real. So a Celtics employee, like I said, her name is Kathleen Nemo Lynch. She deleted all of her social media a few days before the story broke. This led people on social media to think that she was the staffer whom Udoka was having the relationship with. But again, these is this is not confirmed. This is just alleged. OK, we don't know. We do not know. Not yet. But what I'm saying is, is if the relationship be mutual, it's against the rules of the organization. Yes, we understand that. But why haven't or why is it that not both of them are suspended? And why is it that not both of them be dragged in the public eye? Because we didn't need to, we didn't need to drag Udoka in the public eye because guess who's embarrassed? The families. Nia Long is highly embarrassed. And guess what? She said that she found out through the press conference of the Boston Celtics. Didn't nobody tell her? Udoka didn't even have the audacity to tell her. Ain't that some trifling? That's that's trifling. That's trifling. Now, Udoka, you wrong for that. You dead wrong for that. If that's true, you're super wrong for not having a conversation with Nia Long before this hit the, hit the airways. You're hella wrong for that. It's also being alleged that he knew there was an investigation going on since July. And here we are in September and we're just now talking about it. I, there's so many, like this whole situation is messy for no reason. And while I feel, I, I mean, I just, I don't care to know about someone's extracurricular activities in their personal life. I don't think this relationship was impeding on the success of the Celtics program. However, if it if it was, and if there's more to the story, like, uh, you know, Vote for Humanity said, if there's more to the story, we should know. I mean, don't, here, don't put a half-assed story out. Either you're going to come out and be transparent or you're not. That's just what it is. Like, it... 
Either you're going to come out and say, listen, here's what happened. This is why we made this decision, because the owner is saying, well, we don't want to get into the investigation. We don't want to say how we came about our decision, but this is fair and we're standing on it. Okay. And then you got Brad Stevens who comes on. Oh, there's all these women being, you know, he's like up crying and just so emotional. All these women are being dragged into this. And we as an organization just have to support them and wrap our arms around them. Listen, this is not a woman's issue, you guys. This is not a woman's issue. We, 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 we're not going to do that. We're not going to do male versus female in this situation. That's stupid. Social media is going social media and be the Internet because you give him room to be the Internet. This is a terrible I do PR every day, you guys, every day. I'm sure there was somebody on the team that said, listen, this is not something that's just going to go away. Okay. There is a rule in media. No comment. If you don't comment, the reports go away. There's nothing to report on. So then there's just allegations. There's just, there's no story. There's just, uh, uh, there's just nothing. There's absolutely nothing. Nothing is better than something. You don't get, we did not need this. This is a PR nightmare. And I know there's a public relations coordinator. God, God be with her right now. I know she's probably sitting there in her bed like, child, I told these MFers that this was stupid and not to do it. But then you have the powers that be are like, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So uh, anyway, you guys, that's my time. Um, this has probably been the most interesting sports entertainment and tea that I've had in a while. And not to mention that next week, I definitely need a double down on Brett Favre because while we're really spending time dragging Udoka in the media, why are we not sitting around the table and talking about Brett Favre stealing money to support his daughter? So, and again, y'all hate when I bring race into it, but if it wasn't a black man sleeping with a, a good white woman executive's wife, would this be a story? Would this be a thing? Because Phil Jackson was dating the owner's, uh, the owner's daughter for years. Married her. Nobody cared. Shit, Molly on first take married uh, Jalen Rose. They were both commentators. This happens all the time, you guys. So anyway, that's how I feel about it. <sighs> Thank you again for tuning in on Thursday, watching Clapback Culture, hanging out with me, you guys. Um, when I'm not here, you guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter at treasure of J U L E S pull up, follow me, send me some show stories. Darnell, thank you for always sending me stories, bro. I really, really, really appreciate that. Um, until next week, I'll be back and I should be back with my co-host Omari Salisbury. Um, until then, uh, let's keep it, let's keep it up. Have a great weekend and stay peaceful. Peace.
Heritage Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.